Susan Taylor podcast, where we discuss the yoga of mind, medicine, and healing. Author of Feeling Good Matters, Sexual Radiance, and the Vital Energy Program, Dr. Taylor imparts authentic knowledge and practical tools that inspire, educate, and empower us to be a healing force for positive change. So join us and take your life and our planet to the next level. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 71, Soundbite Knowledge. Do we really need the full course? You know, I've heard it said before that don't believe what you hear and only believe half of what you see. I always ask myself, can this be true? And perhaps it is something that we should really consider. So today I'd really like to discuss the meaning of what I term soundbite knowledge. What are the implications of this soundbite knowledge for our health and ways to build our lifestyle habits, utilizing and determining whether we have soundbite knowledge or not. We know that no two people interpretate a situation the same, and this is because we all have different levels of awareness, which in turn clouds our perception of seeing, hearing, and for that matter, any of our sensations that are coming. Remember, the senses are employed by the mind to bring in data. And so if our perceptions are not as clear as they need to be because we have other memories, what happens is our perceptions uh, get clouded. And in today's climate, it's well recognized that the media plays an enormously influential role in public responses to our health issues. You know, the media, they, they're chan- many channels of print, television, radio, internet, and they, they have unparalleled, you know, the communication mechanism that we have seen in the past. It's quite extensive. And it does have substantial power in setting our agendas, how we think, what we do, what we should even be concerned about. It frames health issues. It gives knowledge out that may be complete, maybe not. And in addition, we're given health practices to follow that might not necessarily be complete. And that's what I really term soundbite knowledge, where... It can take only a section of the whole story and make that the truth. So soundbite knowledge can not only lead us from a true and deep understanding of ourselves, but it leaves us at times in a place of frustration and feeling like a failure. And you might ask, like, what do I mean? So I'm going to give you some examples. Why would I be frustrated and feel like a failure if I'm using soundbite knowledge? So I went to YouTube the other day to see what was, you know, what was getting the most views and subscribers because as many of you know, I'm working on really what is the focus of the YouTube channel from our our podcast and our website. And it gave me an idea what people are really looking for and what brought my attention was that they're binging on, yeah, I'm using the word binging. They binge on these channels. That means they do a lot. They, they find something that they like, and then they just watch it, watch all the videos that are available. I asked, what the heck is binging? But it's like, what it is, is it's, uh, you know, someone's taking as much as they can. Like when you binge on food, you eat as much as you can. Well, that's what they do when they get onto YouTube. And it's when people, you know, they, they do this 
I, I always, and you're doing it basically on how to eat, slip and sleep and live because they're the ones that I was addressing. And I found that most of the people were, they really had a lot of, a lot of subscribers were helping people cope with how to eat, how to sleep, how to live. And that's a great concept and a good start in the right intention. You know, because people are overwhelmed by an overstimulated environment right now. We're getting messages, eat this at night, eat this during the morning, do this, do this. And everything conflicts many times. Eat the ketogenic diet, do the paleo diet. No, no, do something with fiber, do the Mediterranean diet, which there's a ton of research on. And uh, so we kind of get confused on what to do. And then we're getting a thousand emails a day, texts. And we're supposed to be doing our meditation practice in between all of that. And so people are just overwhelmed. That's my point here. The environment is just overstimulated. And the issue is that that binging idea and really reaching out is only giving more stimulation because the binging is very much so a lack of control of the, of the system within itself. So here are some topics that I found paralleled with some of our audience have asked me to cover. Some of the questions come in each week. So I wanted to bring up that and incorporate it into this podcast. One of them was how to create your space at work, how to get out of bed in the morning, how to eat for health. And they're all fantastic topics. And so what's missing then? We can go on the internet and we can go to a YouTube video and find out how to eat, how to wake up. They were the two or oversleeping uh, was one and the ones I'm going to talk about today and and just give you my idea. Oh, and the other one was creating space in the workplace. I talk about eating at another time in more lengthy podcasts, so I'm not going to bring up the eating today. But these were the main three topics. And let's take the two topics that are less familiar with what I've talked about and just bring them up because that's what I've been asked that also. So the first one was creating space in your workplace. People love, I mean, people have made a living on declutter your office, declutter your closet, declutter your desk. And that's all fantastic because decluttering is very, very good for creating space. And we know that when we create space, we allow uh, energy to flow. But what, what the issue was for me is people would say, come home and do this. They're giving you the how to do it. There's no doubt. And all the ideas were fantastic. But no one's really addressing why it's needed. Not everyone addresses why it's needed. Many say it makes you feel more organized. But really energetically on a deep core level, why do you need to have space? Well, we can go as far as saying we need space for energy to flow. I mean, or even so that we create the proper template for energy fields to enter our environment. And in the resilience training, I go over the creating space concept where we must create space. Create space just means how do you create space? You detox. And then what does create space do? It allows energy to flow. It allows you to even collect more energy. So very, very important concept here. But you never get that in the video. You only get, well, it's important to do it. And here's how you do it. You clean your desk. If you need clothes, you put fold your clothes, roll them, have each drawer organized. It's fantastic because I've done that. But the question is why? What does it really do to those critical functions, those deep functions of our mind? Like 
why is a why is our and then we could even go further and say why is the place cluttered in the first place why are the clothes just thrown in the drawer stuffed in there or why do we just leave our things out on a desk why do we not empty the garbage so that's where in my practice in my private work that I do with clients I like to go to let's first see what's going on in the mind field to really see why the place is cluttered in the first place. And that's very exciting to me because once we decide that and restore that, first we identify, remember I always talk about this in healing, first we identify, then we restore what's been a little bit broken or destroyed in that way. And then what we do is we create the how. Here's what you do to to heal or to bring back to functionality this this exact uh, practice. Not everybody's the same. So we have to know why. We have to know why is it cluttered in the first place? Because we have to root up that cause. Once it's rooted up, we could build a whole new house, a whole new template, a whole new lifestyle of habits. And it, it's just, that's when the clean space can be restored. And only then, otherwise we go back into the old habits. And that's my point with creating space in the workplace. The second topic I wanted to talk about was oversleeping. And that was a great topic that had top review rates on this channel. And the woman told viewers how she got up in the morning. She gave some great ideas. Have your clothes laid out in the morning. Sure, because then you're all, you don't have to think about what you're going to put on. She gave some really good ideas and you have to just thrust yourself out of bed, have the coffee already made and you just press the button for those that drink coffee. And it was, you know, it was okay advice. And does it work? Well, yeah, sure, because coffee will wake you up in the morning if you can get to the point where you can press that button and get it going. Some people even have like a remote at their in their bedroom to hook it up and to get it started. I mean, there's a lot of technology out there today. But I'm not sure that this can last because if you're having difficulty getting up, there could be a real biological component, an emotional component, a psychological component, as well as a spiritual component. You know, mainly, did you eat late the night before? Did you get to bed late? Are you under stress? Do you not want to face what the day has in front of you? Maybe you really don't want to engage in the world ahead because it's just full of soundbite knowledge, right? It's just knowledge coming and hitting us everywhere. Again, we need to know the issue so that we can root up the problem. Self-knowledge is the key to transforming our life. Keep that in mind. Self-knowledge is the key to transforming our life. That's why when we do any kind of trainings or or anything that you learn, you really want to know the why. Why? Because because you want to work with yourself. Once you have the self-knowledge, then you become the architect of your life. You're able to walk down and design, design your life, your masterpiece, the way you want to really design it. And you only can do that with self-knowledge. So keep that in mind. So by the way, on the oversleeping, when people oversleep, there are reasons for it. And I'll answer that question because it did come from our audience. Oversleeping comes from the, the facts that I had said, we either don't sleep fully at night, but we may have eaten the night before, been under a lot of stress. So some of the things that I suggest with oversleeping 
first we have to know our why. And once we know our why, I could actually give you uh, a whole protocol for that. But because I don't know the why, I haven't worked with, uh, with, with that person yet. I can say that the, the way we eat has a tremendous effect. And I had come back from India and I was, you know, popping out of bed at 3.30 in the morning and I was very excited and that was the time change. And then we had another time change with daylight savings. And I found one day I had a really difficult time getting out of bed. My arms felt heavy, my legs felt heavy. I just felt very stagnant. There wasn't enough space in my my energy fields. And so what I did was I looked at what have I been eating the last two days. And the night before that I had had, because I was really, really hungry, and it was probably about 7 p.m. And I had two slices of homemade bread. It's not that it was, you know, some brand that had preservatives or anything. It was really very well-made homemade sourdough bread. And I did it with ghee and I had it with some tea. And I have to say, it caused an inflammation reaction enough that I had trouble moving moving out of bed in the morning. So what I did was I made I did an experiment. I practiced the overnight fast that I the overnight diet that I always talk about. I practiced that for a day. The next the next day I got up, still a bit, not much, and then the next day I just hopped right out of bed. So these are the kinds of practices that I like to give people because they really work and it's but it's to get to the root of the problem rather than okay I'm going to set an alarm I'm going to have my clothes out and fight through it well I don't like to really fight through things because after a while it usually wins there's only so much tension if you think about a guitar string and you keep tightening it tightening it and tightening it there's only so much tension that you can put on a guitar string before it snaps and it's the same thing with our life that's why diets never work if they're if they're challenged by repressing and suppressing and all of those not really acknowledging the root reason why we overeat or what we do you know the newly evolving media figures they have solutions for sure and they get us motivated and they help us move forward in life there's no doubt it's inspiring and uplifting and does indeed work for a short time until the next solution comes along and what happens it creates an information addiction. Everybody wants more information. And that's something we want to look at with all this this idea of sound by technology. We're in a we're in a, a distraction addiction environment. And it can be a problem because information without foundation knowledge is short-lived and it doesn't have the sustainability and leaves us short and makes us dependent. So I'm not suggesting not to view your YouTube at all, but just pay attention to the solutions that allure your senses because they're not necessarily going to help you, in fact, or even help you overcome what you're experiencing. And where do we see it the most? Of course, in the diet industry and now yoga and meditation industry. You know, people are taking bits and pieces of material from rich pools of ancient wisdom, making a pitch, claiming the product that's that's their product and they're creating that out of these rich pools of knowledge and the result is flash stimulated inspiration resulting in a crash that's all i can say about that and the opportunities are popular especially during acute crisis when everyone's in a crisis and most of the time uh, they 
that's what everyone's experiencing, right? On some occasions, we need to step back and evaluate before we move forward. So here's what I suggest how we evaluate and move forward. Here are the steps. You have an issue. Let's say you want to decrease stress. That's big, and but we could tackle this. So sit down and for three days, you know, or four times, you know, every morning, noon, and 6 p.m. and before bed, I'm saying four times a day. It's a big project to undertake, but you can go three or four days. Make a list, three or four days. I'd say let's go three days, four times, morning, noon, 6 p.m. and before bed. Make a list of what you took out of, uh, what took you out of place of really being calm and on track. And you know, that might sound really easy or hard depending on how stressed you are, but if you want less results, you could do less times. Maybe you can do it for three days, only once a day, twice a day. Okay, I'm just suggesting the four times because it'll really get you onto uh, a rhythm. And then really see what's taking you out. Every time you lose your calm, in other words, you have a temper tantrum on some level, even if it's a teeny weeny little one, something didn't go your way, so you have that stress response, start evaluating it. I know this works for me and it's, it's amazing the self-discovery that we get from that. Okay, so now you've seen that for three days, four times a day or two times a day or one times a day. Now, see if there's a common thread of what's causing you to feel threatened. Remember, stress is a result of a perceived threat. So see if there's a common thread. Perhaps it's when somebody says the word no to you or every time you have an idea, someone says no. Just see what it is, the common thread, or maybe someone's inflating themselves. I know I've heard people get very annoyed when people walk around like they're really something and other people get annoyed by that, but see what makes you annoyed by that, you know, because people peacock all the time, you know, it's just a part of life when people's egos are threatened, they have to inflate themselves and put their feathers up. So, but see why it would bother you. And once you start doing that, uh, that's a big milestone. So that's number four. You brought your awareness to the issue. That's a big milestone. And then number five, now what do you do? You have this, you've discovered it. Start doing some research. See what others have to say if you want or tune into yourself with meditation. That's my procedure that I always do. I go into a real quiet, silent space. And when I do that, I'm able to see, oh, that's why I feel bothered by that. That's where my stress is coming from. And then you devise a plan, you get assistance if needed, but here you have to do your homework also. Make sure you feel good with whomever you entrust, whether it's the internet channel, whether it's a person. I suggest human contact being the best. Um, if you can't travel, do, do a Skype with someone, do a Google Hangout, but human to human is very, very uplifting. But you could also include uh, videos that are educational. So you could have a mixture, it's just not one thing. And then work the plan and evaluate it daily if it's helping you. And it sounds like a lot, there are seven steps I gave you, but those steps are what I use with clients when I work with them. I do it, I kind of advise, I don't let them come up with it. I can usually sp spot it right away to say this is what would be beneficial, try it out, and there you go. And this way we move through things and we start our path of self-discovery as opposed to always just holding on to the old patterns. And so we just want to keep that in mind. So before ending, I'm going to give you the guidelines so you don't drown in the soundbite pool.
and you don't create disturbance by stimulating yourself. Remember, always remain calm at all costs. And remember, I'm just going to do five of these. I, I synthesized the seven down for you so it's very quick and you could remember uh, towards the end of this is assess your situation and then journal, right? We're going to write down, do your research, devise a plan of action and follow it uh, for three days. And you should feel an alleviation of symptoms. If you don't feel that alleviation of symptoms, then you need to readjust and have a reevaluation. That brings us to the end of this episode. Please join me. We have another day or two days of registration for the Resilience Training Webinar Series event and the online course starting March 19th, where together we're going to really discover, we're going to do our path of self-discovery and reconnect to that energy pool that we're looking for. The Susan Taylor Podcast does come out every week and is available on susantaylor.org, iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, and other podcast platforms. And visit susantaylor.org for any information or to contact me with any of the feedback or questions or maybe topics that you want me to cover. We did two topics today and hopefully that was answered the questions or the comments that did come in. And if you want to get involved, you can join our Healing Force Facebook group and the susantaylor.org forward slash Facebook group. Okay, so thank you for listening. And until next time, remain calm, consciously aware, living in the moment.